What's up, everybody? Ate Steve Pelletier, Yunus Shea, Bilagana Bashashin, Keelan Chitney Dashashay, Bilagana Dashanale. Very, very excited here to debate Amen Thompson with Isaac of Global Scouting. Before I let him introduce himself, you can find him on Twitter. It's Global Scouting underscore. You can find him on Instagram. It's Global NBA Scouting there. Find him on YouTube, Global Scouting as well. And then you're on TikTok as well. I am over 30 years old, so TikTok is not my thing. <laughs> and I feel like I am banned from TikTok being over 30. <laughs> so where whatever his handle is, is on there, he will let you know. So Isaac, go ahead and take it away. Introduce yourself. Yeah, I, he did a great, uh, t a great job introducing me. Uh, Global Scout, like you said, uh, it's Global Scout on TikTok too. I only post like highlights on there. I'm still trying to figure out TikTok myself. I'm actually not on there that much. Um, I'll scroll on there here and there, but I feel like it just kills the time. It kills my time when I'm on there because I'm just keep swiping. But um, yeah, uh, I started this back in 2019. Uh, I cover everything from high school, AAU, uh, draft, NBA, overseas, uh, FIBA, all that stuff. So. Yeah, but again, thank you for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Again, we are here to debate Amen Thompson, similar to how we had the Brandon Miller debate a few episodes back today. We are going to debate Amen Thompson and specifically thinking about him at the top of the draft, uh, mainly at number three. I didn't ask you this beforehand, but I'm going to ask you it now, put you on the spot a little bit. Do you have Vic number one and Scoot number two, or do you have any other thoughts that they shouldn't be one and two? No, I uh, I have Victor number one, and I have Scoot number two, and then Amen number three. Okay, fantastic. High five. So, yeah, Amen's the one that seems to be the closest to a consensus number three overall mm -hmm. pick, which we will talk about today. So, for those of you who don't know Amen Thompson, Amen Thompson is a six foot seven, currently listed at 202 pounds by the Overtime Elite's website. Guard, I consider him a point guard uh, out mm -hmm. of overtime elite which is based in atlanta currently in 14 games that they've played so far amen is averaging 16.2 points per game dishing out 5.7 assists pulling in 6.0 rebounds grabbing 2.3 steals and then 0.9 blocks per game shooting splits right now are 63.8 percent from two 23.1 percent from three and then 65.5 percent from that free throw line. What are your thoughts on Amen number one of being his strengths? We will start off with his strengths. Yeah, um, the obvious, he's the best best athlete in the draft. I mean, he's so quick, explosive, uh, an insane uh, first step and burst. Has like a 40-plus inch vertical. I can't remember off the top of my head what it is. It's like 44 or something like that. Um, so best athlete in the draft, and I also think he's the best playmaker in the draft, especially in the top 30 uh, prospects from my board. Um, he's very flashy with the ball, especially in the open floor. He's just electric. I think his field goal percentage, it might have changed the last couple of days, but it was in the 80 percent uh, or the 90, 98 percentile in transition or something like that, which is unreal. Given he is playing against high school talent. So, you know, you can do what you want with that information. But and also I think his defensive upside, uh, he has unreal defensive tools. I still think he still has a little bit of ways to go on defensive end, just figuring out like. You know, like working on a team, team defense, all that stuff. But on on ball defense and switchability is something I'm super high on. Yeah, absolutely. Can you touch a little bit on the like high school competition? Because last year, when I wrote the piece on Shaden Sharp for Detroit Bad Boys, I looked into like the history of people who'd come straight out of high school into the NBA and whether or not there were a lot of busts or whether or not there were a lot of 
good players. And honestly, there were very, very few busts. So can yeah. you say a little bit about that? And if anybody's worried, if they should be worried, why they shouldn't be worried about the level of competition? Yeah, um, that's a comment I'll get a lot or a question I'll get a lot is like, am I worried about the comp? And while, yes, he is playing against high schoolers and the other prospects playing against, you know, like Victor's playing against grown men. You have the Division One, you know, Alabama facing top tier talent. Um, you also got to look at it as like he played KK Mega Basket, and during off season he played in the basketball tournament, and he played against the Adelaide Thirty Sixers, and he produced in all of those games against grown men. So I think he showed he's able to play against grown men. Obviously, uh, those aren't like NBA caliber players, exception of like one or two. But it's still showing that he has the ability to play against uh, older people that's been experiencing around the game. Um, and also, like, the greatest player, arguably the greatest player of all time, came out of high school back in 03. But also there's uh, been some bust that was the number one pick. I don't want to say a name, but he was a bust that was the number one pick that came out of high school. So it's a bouncers, you know, great players that come out of high school. I think it just, it just varies on player to player. There's a bunch of variables that go into it. But I don't think – don't. Don't make the copies going up against way too much on, you know, the old, what he brings to the game. Yeah, absolutely. Anybody that's going to say like the competition level or whatever, I will throw ice water on that number one, uh, mm-hmm. because again, the TBT tournament, like you said, and all these other pro teams they went up against in the preseason, they weren't taking an easy on him either. Right. It's not like no. they just went out They're there out for and blood. Like whatever. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of them wanted to show them up and be like, well, these are supposed to be, top five draft picks let's embarrass them and with Amin in particular that did not happen um, <coughs> and the other part again is if you do go back and look into this shade and sharp article it was a high number of guys that came out of high school into the nba that ended up being not just good nba players but like long term starters from like a tyson chandler to mm-hmm. a tracy mcgrady to kobe bryant you know a lot of really really good players and the and the focus on the analysis and the scouting should always be on the player and what they can do if they're right. ahead of the curve, are they above of athleticism, um, benchmarks, whatever they are for their position or whatever they are for that current time frame, and then also what can they project to get better at, right? So again, anybody who's saying just focus on the competition level that that shouldn't be a thing because we've had so many great players that came straight out of high school, no OTEs better than a lot of what those players probably faced in right. high school as well. Right. Um, but to circle back to Amen's strengths. Yeah, definitely. The Sam Vecini of the game theory podcast recently called him a walking paint touch. I think that's the best way to describe oh, yeah. Amen. Like Easily. he can get in the paint at any time due to the handle, due to the athleticism. He's just going to be able to do it. And the first step to me is what separates him from the rest of the pack. His first step is probably the best in this draft. Although Scoot might give him a run for his money, yeah. but they operate differently. Scoot's like that boxer that knows all of the different tricks and angles on how to hit you with different punches at different speeds. Whereas Amen is like a Deontay Wilder, you know, who like just will try for the knockout punch every single time. And there's no way for you to stop it. You have to be like a Tyson Fury or another top level um, athlete and boxer in order to be able to do anything about it. That right. really does separate him. From there, and the explosiveness seems to translate into other areas too. I, I say he's a point guard just because of that passing ability, like you right. alluded to. A team would have to be absolutely moronic not to look at this guy and be like, put him at point guard because of how he can pass. But all that other athleticism can translate 
into like a forward role if somebody really wanted to throw him out mm -hmm. there into catching lobs and into doing cuts and other things like that. So yeah, absolutely. What are some areas of growth though for uh, Amen and things that people can pick apart in this game? So everyone knows about now the shooting concerns off the dribble and off the catch, 20% uh, right now. Uh, teams are going to play under on ball screens a lot of the time. Uh, they'll string, uh, you know, the help defense will always be there. They're going to make him shoot it. They're going to make him shoot it. Can he prove it? I'm not high on the shooting. Um, Decision-making with the ball. If he's going to be a point guard, I feel like he needs to do a better job of changing speeds a lot of time. I feel like a lot of time he's just going 100, 100, 100 speed, nonstop, full speed. Um He'll probably get a lot of charges in the NBA at that point. Um, will he be? Will the length, driving length be there uh, due to lack of shooting concerns? Um, and also, I just feel like on the defensive end, he has so much upside potential. But I'm curious in how he would be on like like an NBA like a like a set defense, like a team defense. How will he be with his rotations? I feel like sometimes his rotations aren't always clean. Um, but you know, I feel like with the load he carries on offense and where he's playing at sometimes, you know, his, his defense, he doesn't need to play defense is what, it, what I'm getting at to win games there, but in NBA, you're going to need to play defense. You're going to need to help the helper, all that stuff. So I am curious on how he does defensively. I think he'll be great defensively eventually, but I'm just curious starting out how he'll look in a team defense. Yeah. I mean, the shooting we'll probably touch on a little later. And like I mentioned to you before we even started, like I'm kind of yeah. tired of talking about the shooting. Right? Yeah. It's like, do you believe he's going to shoot? Do you not believe he's going to shoot? Then just move on from there. That's pretty right. much where it is. Um, but we will talk about it later when we talk about him going number three overall, unfortunately. Yeah, the defense, a couple of people like Sam Vecini, Rafael Barlow have mentioned like hey, he's a little too upright in defense. I think that mm -hmm. could be a thing. It's probably more of a thing if he is the point guard, though, and the point guard defender, right? He will have to bend. He will have to slide his feet and a little, do a little bit more since he'll be guarding the quickest guy out there on the court most lights most every night if he moves over to say like small forward and they make it more of like this point forward probably less of a thing um yeah but yeah that's one thing the other thing is shout out to drew gooden's suit on twitter he put together a thread a couple weeks back of the twins struggles finishing and to me that's the more concerning thing for amen in particular not so much asar because asar at least has shown other things and while his shooting still needs much development it's shown a lot more progression than what Amen right, has. Sure. And then Amen, if you're not finishing that well or at an extremely high rate at the rim, then it's like, okay, what exactly are you going to do on offense since that's supposed to be your biggest skill and the gravity that you have is just putting pressure on the rim 100%. Um, I'll link to that uh, Twitter thread in the description. It's definitely worth looking into and like poking and prodding a little bit more to be like, Oh, okay. Like what exactly is going on here? What's happening. But that also might be a team context thing too. Like who are right. his teammates around there? Who does the other defense like actually try to guard? What is their spacing like? So that can mm -hmm. be um, part of it as well. But yeah, I definitely agree with you on the team defense side too. I don't think that's talked about enough. Uh, why do you think that might be that like not enough people are talking about like, how does he work? in a team defense context. So I think even the super mm. draft experts that like regularly podcast and write about this, they'll say those things like he's upright and whatever, but nobody really dives into the, like the team defensive concept stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. Uh, I know. I feel like the off ball defense is always more important than on ball defense. Cause at the end of the day, these are the best players. So be going to be Katie, like you're going to need uh, five defenders to guard him. And they're going to take one dude to guard him. So I worry a little bit more about the off-ball defense. That's my, uh, more of a bigger concern for me. 
Um, why they don't talk about it? Mm, I can't. Re- I'm not really sure why a certain person wouldn't talk about it. Um, but maybe he just gets forgotten about just because of where he's playing at. I feel like I feel like college players get uh, you know, picked on a little bit more if they're off ball defense than uh, like Ahmed and Asar and even Shaden. I feel like sometimes Shane, no one talked about his off ball defense enough. Maybe I just wasn't you know following certain people enough. Maybe they did. But maybe to, I assume it would just because of where he's playing at and how like a majority of players in OT don't really play any off ball defense for the most part. So yeah, that might be, be my guess too. Is just like the context there, like it's not really at that level yet where they're they're preaching yeah. that stuff. Um, and this is no slight on them. I love Dave Lieto, who used to coach Virginia, who used to coach DePaul, who's coaching both oh, are right there like this is somebody who knows to teach these things and definitely behind closed doors has and then kevin ollie is running the program you know mm-hmm. national champion at, at connecticut great point guard in his own right you know for connecticut i believe so there are guys there behind the scenes that have it but on the film it definitely doesn't show up because like you said it seems like that's not really a thing there yet um yeah. but we'll see if that continues to be things in the future so we are here to debate the case for Amen. Again, I'm mainly a Pistons-related person in the Pistons community, having done stuff with Piston Power, Detroit Bad Boys, and now with Woodward Pistons. So a lot of these guys I'm thinking for, okay, if the Pistons fall to number three, should they take them? And for Amen, it seems like he's been in the number three spot since the preseason. Yeah, There's been some Brandon Miller talk, right? There's been the whisperings of Cam Whitmore still around here and there. Why continue to have Amen number three for like just about anybody? Because I assume that's what you're arguing, right? Is like take Amen no matter the team. Yeah, I've always been kind of a best draft best player available and worry about the fit later on. Because dating back to when I always like showing us as an example, the 76ers when they drafted, I believe it was Noel and beat Okafor, three straight centers. None of them would play well together at all. And, you know, Everyone was questioning, why would you do this? Why would you take centers? And obviously now they got Joel Embiid, who's the second best center in the league, some argue first. Um, I think, you know, they drafted K two years ago, Ivy last year. Both kind of need the ball in their hands on offense. And if you draft Amen, that's another guy that needs, especially Amen, uh, he needs the ball in his hands to operate. I think K can operate off ball a little bit more just because I trust the shooting. Um so it would definitely be one of those things where you have to draft him and then just figure out the roster and how it's going to work. Maybe he goes in as like a small ball four role, uh, which would which would you know, limit his overall ceiling as a primary ball hander who you get the keys to the offense to. So it'll the fit would be definitely weird. Uh, there would probably have to be uh, some trades or you know roster management throughout the couple of years with like maybe moving. Ivy, even though I've really liked him his rookie year, what he has shown on the ball this year. Um, so it'll, there's some other guys that I do think will definitely should be looked at, especially at the Pistons and where they're at right now. Especially if I, I like Cam Whitmore a lot. I like his brother, Asar Thompson, a lot. But overall, I would go Amin Thompson at three just because of the upside and just going best player available and figuring out the rest later. Yeah, so for me, it's on the other side. Like This is the only guy out of the people I've put in the race for the top three. With a fit, like it, the fit just screams, don't do this to me type right. of, of situation. Like you just said, they all need the ball in their hands. And while it's like, yeah, you should just take them and figure out the Philly example to me, like is, is red flags because two of those guys didn't work out. Right. Right. Um, and especially with where the Pistons are at, it's like, we know Cade is the building block. We seem to have 
um, belief in Ivy and then throwing Amen in the mix there is kind of putting you down a couple odd development runs of like, okay, either Ivy or Kate has to become like this 40% three point shooter. Right. Yeah. And we got to give the ball more to Amen. And to me, it's not even so much that Amen's bad and I don't want him to go number three. It's just that you're not going to put him in the best situation with a team like Detroit because he needs the ball in his hands the most to grow. And this seems to be one of those situations where he's not going to go number three overall. I also think Amon is a little bit more situational in that regard of like number three. So an example for me is San Antonio. If San Antonio got the third pick, perfect situation because Vassell and Keldon Johnson are already there. Sohan is on defense. Uh, They have uh, a couple other pieces coming up in Branham. And in I want to call him J.J. Starling, but it's not J.J. Starling. It's Blake the Wesley. Notre Dame prospect from last year, Blake Wesley. I don't know why I keep doing this to him. Sorry, Blake Wesley, if you ever hear this. But they have these other pieces that don't necessarily always need the ball. And Amen, Keldon, and Vassell seem like a match made in heaven because Vassell right. and Keldon shouldn't be primary guys that are creating plays for others. They are good shooters and supplementary guys that Amen could just get a bunch of million easy shots for. Like that makes sense, but all the other teams, I'm not so sure of either. Like Houston, uh, I don't know how much like Jalen Green yeah. and Shengun, like they want to give them the ball and would just be willing to, to throw it on there. So my my only point with keeping Amen out of the top three is just uh, he needs the ball, and I don't think every single situation is going to have that. And it's just, why would you draft this guy if you're not just going to give him the ball? Mm -hmm. I don't want to say turn the keys over to the offense, but it almost seems that way. Um, What are your thoughts on that? Like, would you just kind of turn the offense over to him if you did draft him? It would be hard, too, because, like, say he also, another example is if he went to the Hornets, LaMelo already has the keys to the offense, and it would be very hard to tell LaMelo, like, hey, we're going to give the keys to this rookie that went number three overall and, some players might not handle that well. Like, would Cade handle it well if they told him, like, look, you got to be off ball more? You know, because he's had the ball his whole career, dating back to even on one of the greatest high school teams ever, he had the ball in his hands the most of the time. So it would it would definitely be a little bit of a struggle mentally for some of these guys, especially with the younger guys. Like, even if you went to Houston, like, uh, there's obviously been some issues there. The team, worst record in the league. Um, you know, would Jalen Green be okay with, you know, being the secondary option? Uh, all that stuff. So I think at the end of the day, you know, it, it's just something that, I don't know. You, I guess you would have to have um, in that off ball to start. Not, not strictly off ball, but he would have to be more as maybe like a screener and roller. He only brings it up in like fast break situations. He's the one going full speed. Uh, in the half court, he does have his limitations, obviously. So it'll be uh it'll be definitely interesting if he was to get drafted to the Pistons number three and like how would you work that all out between him, Ivy, and Amen? Um, so he would probably have to be more as like a screener and roll to start making short roll decisions and then being the one to operate in transition. You kind of answered this question before, but I think the whole thing about Amen number three is like how much do you believe in his ability to one day shoot? Whether that's like five yeah. years from now, whether that's like eight years from now, like what is you? Global Scouting's belief in Amon's ability to shoot one day. Yeah, um, 
I did answer this the other day, and I just don't have a ton of belief. I, if I'm just being 100% honest, I just don't have a ton of belief in it. Uh, I think this the lower base is like, it just doesn't look too right. The, the form looks a little wonky to me. Um, the results obviously just haven't been there at all from the free throw line, from the mid range, from three. Uh, so I'm just not a believer in him being a spot up guy ever. Maybe he ends up shooting it barely 30%. I would be surprised if he were cracked mid 30s on, on good volume, that is. Um, and teams are going to leave him open regardless. So it's just how it is. Even if he does improve his jumper, teams are probably still just going to go under screens and stuff, just because of how athletic he is. So I don't, I don't know if he'll ever be a respectable shooter in the league. I just don't. I'm not sure I'd fully bother the shooting. Yeah, I'm there with you. 23.1% on three attempts per game is bad. And then mm-hmm. the free throw shooting is the more disappointing part to me because it started off the year really good. He was over like 75%. Right. Told me maybe like four or five games ago, and then it's just fallen off a cliff like the last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five games. Uh, City against Cold Hearts on January 6th, 5 of 10 from the free throw line against the Young Dreamers, 2 of 8. Didn't get to the free throw line against the Holy Rams and then Winston-Salem Christian 2 of 4 from the line. And then after that, the most recent game on the 20th against the Young Dreamers again, 2 of 4. Like something happened that it just fell off and has been at 50%. Because to me, that's the more thing too. I've heard the argument of like, well, he can be a force of nature like Giannis. And to me, that's honestly not that far-fetched of an idea because of the athleticism and like professional scouts, top of the heap guys like Sam Vecini calling him a walking paint touch. Like that mm-hmm. makes sense, right? Like, oh, maybe he doesn't right. need shooting enough, but the free throw shooting he does absolutely need. And again, mm-hmm. that's another thing for me to knock him down is like, okay, this is somebody that we probably don't feel that great as a shooter. Maybe Oklahoma City does because they have Chip England now. Maybe San Antonio does because their development has always been pretty good. But if, if you're a team that's like, mm, I, we just don't see long, even long-term that this guy is ever going to shoot the ball. And then, oh, we also have to worry about free throw percentages. That just seems like two big things not to overcome because what is he on offense after that point? Right. Um, if the shooting's ever there, uh, you have to look at it and put him in maybe like a situation similar to like Bruce Brown in the playoffs last year whenever he was on the net. Uh, I think he was thriving. I think Ahmed can do that on a whole different tier uh, just because of his athleticism and all that better boy, better playmaker and stuff. But, you know, if the shooting never translates at all, which it likely won't, then I still I'm still high on the playmaking stuff and the ball handling and the how exciting he is to watch an open floor. So I still think if he has to kind of have the keys to the offense to be who he is, and if he doesn't have the keys to the offense, there will definitely be some questions he'll have to answer. Yeah, absolutely. So now we go into the section of the program called the Keep It Real Comp. So we're okay. trying to think of a comparison player to get us to think about okay, where do we rank? Um, and, and it's not a high-end one. Like, we've heard some names already, like, you know. John Morant. Ja, and, like, I just brought up Giannis and stuff. And then there's some lower-end ones of people saying, like, oh, this guy's going to be out of the league in three years. I've even personally heard somebody say he shouldn't even be in the first round, which to me is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, but what's the middle? Like, what's a comp somewhere in the middle of that, right? Uh, and and I also, for Amon, I just have a really hard time finding a good comp that, like, I can say 
and feel good because he is such a unique player. And that's yeah. kind of a double-edged sword. It's a compliment to say, like, you don't play like anybody else, but it's also dangerous because maybe you don't play oh, like anybody else because you can't really do much or, like, you are covering up something else. So, like, what's the keep it real comp for Amen? Yeah, so if the shooting does improve, I could see him carving out an Andrew Wiggins kind of role where he's not the primary guy. If the shooting doesn't really improve, maybe somewhere along the lines of like a Derrick Jones or uh Hamadou Diallo or what Bruce Brown was on the Nets last year. Those are some things that kind of popped to me. Um, if, like I said, if the shooting doesn't improve, I could definitely see him being in the Andrew Wiggins side bro. There's obviously differences between everyone I just named. There's never going to be a 100% accurate comparison for Amen, especially if he hits his median. Um yeah, somewhere maybe like a Derek Jones, which isn't great. It isn't number three pick worthy. It's probably not lottery pick worthy at all. So, like, you know, there's some, I guess you can say, bust potential for him. Uh, it's kind of clear just because of the shooting concerns and how much he needs the ball in his hands. So if he's not having the ball in his hands, uh, you know, like with Derek Jones, an athletic guy that plays the four, sometimes played the five in the past. Uh, skinny frames both have, like, in- insane vertical jumps, quick. Um so that's, that's probably somewhere I would lean towards. Yeah, I think the Bruce Brown one is, is helpful. And somebody who's more explosive than a Bruce Brown, too. Like yeah, for sure. If Bruce Brown were 6'7 and able to leap the way that Amin does, he'd probably be getting paid like Aaron Gordon type of contract, right? Right, right. Yeah. So that is a very good player. Mine has been Darius Miles. Like Darius Miles is another former number mm. three overall pick if Amin does go third. Seven-year NBA career, same things of like this mega athlete who came in with a lot of hype to the Clippers. Had a lot of excitement there, but never really put it all together. Uh, Never really scored over 11 points per game when he was there and then got traded to Cleveland. Was only there for two years, too, and traded to Cleveland where basketball goes to die, apparently, and like didn't do much. And then went to Portland and started to turn it around. And there, like his whole time there, was scoring over 12 points per game. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in those three seasons, too, um, the 03 to the 06 seasons, 12.2 points per game, 4.6 rebounds, two assists, uh, shooting splits of 48.7 from two, 23.3% from three, and then 59.5% from the free throw line. Barely, barely ever took threes. I know it was a different time back different then, time, too, yeah. but 0.43 attempts per game. Like this to me seems to be more of the the type of player that like in the meeting outcome they're going to get. And Darius Miles, if anybody calls him a bust, you're a moron. Darius Miles' career only stopped because of injury. It didn't stop because he wasn't yeah. a player. And he was really turning it around as this super, you know, useful defender that can attack the rack a lot in, in Portland as part of those jailblazer teams, um, 6'9", 210. Like just you couldn't undersell his defensive versatility. You obviously want the free throw numbers to go up. Uh, outside right. of that, I believe Amin could be a way better playmaker than that too. And this, to me, seems like a really useful player. But again, not somebody I would really like say I want to be the number three overall pick if this is what I'm uh-huh. thinking is like the median outcome. But somebody's still in the, in the top ten, and especially in today's NBA, where Darius Miles probably today guards like what four positions, maybe even five, um, and then can just be that walking paint touch to get to the rim. And oh, by the way, has actual passing vision close enough to somebody like a John Morant. This seems like a gigantic mismatch 
nightmare. Uh, right. Those are kind of like my my thoughts on Amen, where I'm at right now. Okay. I never watched Serious Moms. I'm a little bit younger, so I, I maybe <laughs> when I I think I've watched some highlights, but I never witnessed them live. Yeah, so. I kind of sometimes I'll go back, like especially with these players that didn't they don't have like a really good comp. Like that's when for me, I'm like, okay, I got to start digging back into it. And like when I did mm-hmm. Scotty Barnes, I went into Larry Keenan, who's like way, way back then in the seventies um, because it was the same thing, like almost the same size um, mm-hmm. a playmaker and transition and stuff. So that would just be my encouragement to everybody. Like if you can't really see this, start right. kind of digging back into basketball reference and honestly, just trying to find guys that kind of have that similar build um, mm-hmm. or asking around on Twitter too of like, Hey, you know anybody, <laughs> from NBA past or college past who's blah, blah, blah size, who has all this like athleticism or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, And just to think about it though. But thank you so much to Global Scouting for coming in and and debating uh, on Amon Thompson. I'm sure the debate will continue uh, throughout Twitter this whole time. Do you see anybody kind of coming and taking the title from Amon at number three? Uh, For me personally, probably not. But come draft night, uh, Brandon Miller's been getting a lot of hype. I think there's a chance the team swings on at number three. I think he's easier to fit on for for mostly any NBA team. Um, Nick Smith Jr., probably not just because of injuries. I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Cam Whitmore, maybe. But I think the most realistic option would probably be Brandon Miller. I think I could see him jumping up to number three. I think he's probably the favorite to go number four after I'm in. So... Yeah, I'd probably go Brandon Miller. Yeah, yeah, I I feel the same right now. That stock does not seem like it's going to stall or go down. It just seems like his stock is only only going to go up and right. playing fantastic season. Absolutely. Oh, Last thing I want to ask you is if there's one prospect you want to just plug and hype up now, like you just had to pick mm-hmm. one, who would it be? We'll go uh, Colby Jones out of Xavier. Uh, just had a big win yesterday. Uh, I think he's one of the best. I think he is the best connector piece in the draft. Uh, he defends, rebounds. He's tough as hell. Uh, he's a shooter. He's improved as a passer this year, in my opinion. He's leading this Xavier team to, I think, they're 9-1 in the conference. They have one loss in the conference. I know that. Um, I think he's awesome. I think he can fit with basically any NBA team. I think he should be around the mid-first-round range. I don't know how much he's been talking about. I feel like he hasn't been talking been talked about enough though i think he's been one of my favorite prospects to just enjoy watching to see what he brings up both ends of the floor yeah i agree absolutely there he should be a first round pick in my opinion like you said mm-hmm. for being a connector piece like if you were a title contender that just wanted somebody that's going to work going to play defense fill in those holes if you need a tall point guard yeah absolutely somebody that should be there 100 right. and i don't know why you wouldn't uh wouldn't want him in the first round our old coach sean miller coaching him up there uh at xavier so shout out coach miller i wish uh-huh. you all well in your success and that the ncaa didn't screw you over here in arizona but that's our our time for today so thank you so much to global scouting again please go follow him on twitter global scouting underscore instagram global nba scouting tiktok you said it was just global scouting yeah and then youtube global scouting any last words uh thank you for having me on it was a pleasure um it was fun and yeah just follow he plugged everything in for me perfectly so just follow me on there dms are always open messages are always open you can always email me um I'll, always, I'll try to answer any question or anything you want to talk basketball or even life so thank you yeah and if you host another basketball nba draft show invite this man on to talk 
hoops because he knows his stuff. So we're going to 